So my friends, it's interesting. Throughout the liturgical year, we read from pretty much the three synoptic gospels. Matthew in what we call year A, Mark in what we call year B, and then Luke in what we call year C. However, in year B, which is the year that we're currently in, we take a five-week break right in the middle of, at the end of the summer, basically, and we turn to John's Gospel, and we read the entirety of the sixth chapter of John's Gospel, uh, which is traditionally known as the Bread of Life Discourse, uh, but it begins with this multiplication of the loaves and the fishes, John's account of this, that Jesus multiplies loaves and fish. So for the next five weeks, we're going to be hearing about the Bread of Life, and our reading today really provides the context for that. Today provides so many details. It's really cool when we listen to John's gospel that we get a lot of really cool details. John is very symbolic in his writing. Everything he says is important, and it has a context and a meaning. And a meaning. So we're preparing for Jesus' big teaching on the Eucharist. We're going to talk about the Eucharist the next four weeks after this one. So what's the context that we know for the Eucharist, the Mass, the worship of God, which we as Christians do on Sundays, particularly this is the day when we are obliged to attend Mass and worship the Lord, and this is when we as Catholics receive the Most Holy Eucharist. An interesting note is that right away John is setting this as something different from the Jewish customs, because he says the Jewish feast of Passover was near. The Jewish feast of Passover is near, and Jesus isn't there. You're supposed to go to Jerusalem for the Passover, and Jesus is not there. There's something different going on. John is teaching the baby church that, yes, while we respect and love the traditions that we came from in the Jewish rites of Passover, that the Christian worship is not just Jewish plus, but rather that there's something New. There's the fulfillment of this going on, that the Passover festivities would not be observed by the Christian community in the same way because we celebrate the true Passover of the true Passover lamb, the lamb that was slain for us, our Lord Jesus Christ. Another detail that I find is interesting, and just as I was reading this and praying about it, is that Jesus tells the people, so you got these 5,000 men, so they're not even counting the women and children, just this immense crowd that has come to him, where they say basically in our language over $20,000 worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have just a little. Over $20,000 worth of food would not be enough for them, each of them to have just a little. And he says, have them sit down, have them recline. People would eat in a reclined uh, posture when they would sit for a meal. The context of our Sunday Mass comes within the Sunday day of rest, right? Sunday is a day of rest. We observe Sunday as a day to step away from the burdens of the week and have a chance to rest. And in that rest, we come to the holy sacrifice of the Mass to be refreshed. Jesus tells the people, sit down. It's a grassy area. It's a place that's comfortable for sitting. Sit down. This isn't church on a go. Rather, stop. Engage the moment. Sunday rest and Sunday mass need to go together. We can't worship God on the fly. Let's get in and out like a drive-thru. I went to Chick-fil-A yesterday, and that's how you go to Chick-fil-A. A drive-thru. Let's go. I got work to do. But not for Sunday Mass. No. 
It's within the context of a day of rest. I think sometimes, and look, I work on Sunday because I'm a priest and this is what we do. My work is the worship of God. But I think sometimes if we're having difficulty with Sunday Mass, maybe we need to examine how we're doing on Sunday rest. Do we have a laundry list of things to do as soon as we walk out of the doors of the church? Is that distracting us even while we're here? Sunday rest and Sunday Mass have to go together. We need to encounter the Lord in a posture of rest, of leisure. We're meant to do that when we come to Mass. Don't be worried. Jesus tells the people, they're all there. Just sit down. Sit down for a minute. Recline. There's a grassy area. We need that rest to truly be disposed to encounter our Lord. What though are the five loaves and the two fish among so many people. Look, we have an entire week worth of stuff going on in our lives. What's this one hour going to do? What's it going to do for us? What is this one little time among so many other things that are going on? Even a Sunday rest was one day among the other six that are utter chaos. But we give it to the Lord. This is what we see. It's one little boy. He's got five loaves and two fish. I was just listening to a podcast about this yesterday. Someone thinks that this kid was just trying to seek the opportunity. You got all these people. He's actually selling these loaves and fish. Like, I can make a buck off of this big crowd. I'll take what I have and sell it to them. Um, Taking a little good entrepreneur there. But what is it among so many? But when we give it to Jesus, it's more than enough. When we give this time, 45 minutes to an hour on Sunday morning, when we give it to our Lord, it is more than enough. If we truly give it to Him, if we keep it back for ourselves, if my going to church on Sunday is something I do for me, well then I'm never going to be ultimately satisfied. I'm keeping it for me. But something I do for God I give this time away freely to the Lord God. I give it to him without holding back. Well then, then the time that we give to the Lord, our time of worship, multiplies and expands throughout the day so that we'll have our fill. Walking out of Mass, we should be filled. We should have that fill of the love of God. We should have that fill of the rest and the nourishment and the comfort he wants to give us. We give it entirely over to him. It's not about me, but I've given it to the Lord. And he provides, oh, super abundantly. Here's a final point. And again, remember, all these are just context for what we're going to talk about the next four weeks. But here's a final point. That Jesus has the apostles go and collect up the fragments. Collect the fragments so nothing is left over. And they had 12 wicker baskets of fragments. The Eucharist and those 12 wicker baskets symbolize that this is going on now through the lives of the church. 12 wicker baskets. The apostles are now the ones who have custody of these great gifts that our Lord has given, each with their own basket. The true Christian work worship happens in the context of the church founded on the apostles. And as we talk about the Eucharist in the upcoming weeks, that's going to become more and more clear, our teaching on the Eucharist founded on the teaching of the apostles. But we can't just go, I'm going to set up church in my living room and we'll invite some friends and that's church. No. We need to be in that church founded on the apostles. 
They have the leftovers of the baskets. They're the ones who have the leftovers. They're the ones who have that ability now to continue to distribute the apostles. Their 12 baskets are very directly intentional by St. John, a call for us to be united to them. Because now they're the ones who provide for us what Jesus himself gives us. And so we need to be tied to the church of the apostles. We need to be tied to the church. Can't just be my church. If I ever leave and start my own church, don't follow me. Don't come. It's got to be the church founded on the apostles. The apostolic church, which has the ability to feed us with the bread of life provided by Jesus himself. Just a final foreshadowing. It doesn't end with bread. This whole thing doesn't end with bread. Jesus knows they're going to make him king. Why? You can give bread to all these people. Make him king. No. There's something much more important coming. Something much bigger than bread coming. We're going to hear about this over the next four weeks. Jesus talked about the true bread, which comes from heaven. The bread of life, the most holy Eucharist. So we're actually left this weekend with a cliffhanger. Foreshadowing of what's going to happen next week. Something bigger than all the bread coming? Yes. In the true teaching of the church on the most holy Eucharist. My friends, these next five weeks can be a beautiful time for us to reflect upon the true worship of God in Sunday Mass and the true gift of our Lord Jesus Christ, his own body and blood, soul and divinity, given to us in the Most Holy Eucharist. Coming to know this gift of God in a special way over these coming weeks, we will grow deeper and deeper in love with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.